What was that? We have four. Uh huh. Yeah. So there's four dedicatory uh, prayers. Um, the first one, if we're doing chronologically anyway, uh, the first one is the priesthood restoration site. And then we have Sapporo, Japan, Conception, Chile, and uh, Rome, Italy temples. So there's the, the one area temple site or, or uh, restoration site, and then three temples. So I'm missing the first two. Are they not in the fifth book of Nelson? No. So those ones are when he's an apostle. And so those are going to be in, in the other. Um, and I don't have it printed yet. <laughs> the the Sapporo Temple one is really short. Um, if you'll find the the email that I sent out last Sunday, it has links to them so that you can just pop into the uh, the church's site uh, version of them. <clears throat> but yeah, so if you are using uh, my version of of the Book of Nelson, the first one is on page seven eighty three. And this is the priesthood restoration site. And that, my friends, is why it hasn't been printed yet. Page 783. <laughs> <laughs> and anything I print, I have to print in duplicate. His book is this thick on that first one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's a it's good a read. Good read, yeah, right there. This yeah, is, is gold. I, these books are gold for me. They really have been fun to, to go through. Oh, they're treasures for sure. I'm so grateful you do these for us. And <laughs> yeah, I mean, it started out as just my own personal project because I wanted to study them differently, you know, and mm -hmm. sometimes it's hard to, to bounce around to all the different websites trying to find things and especially like the transcription. Like for President Nelson, I can't even remember. I, I stopped keeping track of hours after a while, but it was like transcribing all of the ones from like BYU, Idaho and stuff that were prior to when they wrote them out. That was a long daunting <laughs> task, but it was worth it because it was so fun to have them all together. Oh, I'm impressed that you were able to find them. Yeah, it, it's really hard to, to find some. So a couple of the President Nelson ones, I actually had to go and buy books that these talks were in um and that those were hard to find too like the uh freedom festival book that was back in the 90s sometime and all of the apostles spoke at it um i had to go find hunt down that book and stuff because nobody had it online <clears throat> but yeah I, i'm sure there's tons that i missed but you know well i appreciate your dedication i do too <laughs> Yeah, now I'm doing it with oaks and it's proven to be <laughs> equally as difficult. <laughs> anyway, um, so on 783, uh, so this is chapter 27, if you're looking at that, um, the actual dedicatory prayer, because he does lots of remarks ahead of time, um, but the actual dedicatory prayer starts in verse 30. Um, so yeah, I think, I'm, unless you want to talk about that, if you have other things about his the rest of his talk, but uh, mainly I was just looking at the dedicatory prayers and like doing a, a comparison and, and contrast on all of those. Um, it's very interesting studying dedicatory prayers throughout the years. Uh, you know, we a lot of times we we focus on Kirtland or Salt Lake. You know, some of those temples or ones that that 
are close to us mean something to us. Um, but I find these four interesting because um, where two of them are in his apostolic years and then two in his prophetic years. And, you know, President Nelson is, is known as a temple builder along with Hinckley and, and Monson, yet he only has four dedicatory prayers under his belt versus he's starting to um, to share those with, with his apostles and things. And I think that that's just so fun. Uh, we talked about that in a uh, group a with uh, one of his interviews he yeah he mentions that right like uh, yeah. as a father don't you enjoy I, I mean do you enjoy catching all the fish or do you enjoy helping your children to to catch the fish kind of thing and uh, how fun it is for him to see uh, some of these apostles dedicate temples especially in the native tongue uh, and stuff anyway it's pretty fun yeah and he mentioned Elder Suarez mm -hmm. doing that one and how proud he was. <laughs> you know, like a father. But yeah. Um, so this um, dedicatory prayer, I didn't really catch on to this before I started studying these, but really the, the dedication itself because there's lots of, of gratitude and, and expressions of uh, a thankfulness, but actually dedicating things is actually pretty short. In all of the temple dedications, it's only one paragraph versus this uh, priesthood restoration site is one, two, three, four, five paragraphs. So verses 36 through through 40. And uh it's just interesting because many of the, the early pioneer temples, they did go through all of the different things and bless and, and dedicate them uh, versus some of his, his other ones that we'll see in a minute. Um, there's just one paragraph and he kind of lumps things together. We bless this, this, and this. And uh, anyway, I, I just find it so interesting to, to study and pour through. Um, right. Yeah, let's actually read this one. Um, does somebody want to take uh, verses 30 through um, 30 through 35, and then somebody else take 36 through the end? I'll help. Okay, yeah, 30 through 35. Our dear Heavenly Father, on this sacred occasion, we pause to thank thee for our many blessings. Thou art our God, and we are thy people. We thank thee for life and all that sustains life. We thank thee for this land of liberty where we enjoy the freedom to worship in dignity and in faith. We thank thee for patriots and prophets who have gone before us. Our lives are ennobled and enriched because of their efforts. Gratefully, we thank thee for thy beloved son who gave his life that we could have the privilege of preparing for eternal for, for preparing for life eternal in thy holy presence. We thank thee for the gospel of Jesus Christ with its ordinances and covenants that bless us and our families so abundantly. We thank thee for thy holy scriptures. We thank thee for the prophet Joseph Smith, for the Book of Mormon and for the restoration of the gospel of Jesus Christ in its fullness. We thank thee for the restoration of the priesthood and for temples throughout the world that bless thy children under thy sealing authority. We thank thee for President Thomas S. Monson, for his noble counselors, 
for the quorum of 12 apostles and for all the general authorities and officers of the church. We thank thee for our missionaries and members who strive to establish thy righteousness among people throughout the world. We thank thee for the restoration of this historic site here in Harmony, Pennsylvania, with its homes, statues, buildings, and grounds. We thank thee for the tithes and offerings of saints across the world, whose donations have made this restoration possible. We thank thee for the skills and artistry of craftsmen and women who actually did the work. Wilt thou bless them and their families for their efforts. Now we are assembled to dedicate this historic site unto thee, invoking the keys of the holy apostleship vested in me, and as authorized by the first presidency and the quorum of the twelve apostles, I dedicate this place as the priesthood restoration site of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. I dedicate it unto thee and thy beloved Son, Jesus Christ. I dedicate it for thy holy purposes. I dedicate it as a place of faith, a place of prayer, a place of learning, a place of glory indeed, a place of holiness. Yeah, so interesting here. Um, I mean, he's basically giving, you know, the, the uh, first discussion as, as missionaries or whatever, you know, talking yeah. about all of the stuff that uh, we are grateful for and enjoy because the gospel has been restored uh, in these last days. Uh, and um, I find it super interesting there in, in verse 35 that he invokes the keys of the holy apostleship, you know, as he's, he's authorized to do so um, by first presidency quorum of the 12th. I dedicate it unto thee and thy beloved son so that one varies between the different dedicatory prayers um uh pay attention to that as we go through the the different ones um but this one is is unto thee and thy beloved son um and also thy holy purposes uh who that refers to uh, across the different prayers yeah um and then can i have a, a volunteer for from 36 through 40. Is that the end? It's not the end. Uh, if you want to go to the end, if you're... Well, I don't have numbers because I'm reading oh. on my phone. <laughs> <laughs> gotcha. Yeah, if you want to just take uh, from there and go to the end. Okay, I can do that. I dedicate the combined visitor center and meeting house where thy sons and daughters may worship and learn of thee and thy beloved son. I dedicate its commemorative statuary and sculptures that they may kindle grateful memories of the resurrection and restoration. I dedicate the reconstructed Joseph and Emma Smith home where much of the translation of the Book of Mormon was originally done. I dedicate the reconstructed home of Isaac and Elizabeth Hale where their daughter Emma once spent the days of her childhood and youth and where Joseph Smith had once lived with Emma. There the prophet Joseph Smith began translating characters from the golden plates there he began to exercise his spiritual gifts and perform his prophetic ministry. I dedicate the furnishings, infrastructure, appliances, electrical and plumbing constituents, gardens, grounds, and other complements for these buildings. I dedicate all supporting facilities and surroundings with gratitude and appreciation for the many conveniences that will be enjoyed by thy children here. May these precincts be revered and respected. I dedicate the baptismal era, area 
of the Susquehanna River where the first baptisms in this dispensation were performed. I dedicate the groves of trees, those sacred woods where under the direction of Peter, James, and John, the Aaronic priesthood was restored by John the Baptist. And here I commemorate and dedicate the restoration of the Melchizedek priesthood under the hands of the apostles, Peter, James, and John. I dedicate the highway, roads, underpass, pathways, and all other avenues that safe access may be provided to guests that come to this sacred site. Wilt thou bless thy servants and all who will labor here and bless the inquiring minds of all who yearn to know more about thee and thy eternal and unchanging laws and doctrine. Bless all who enter these precincts that they may be inspired to emulate the example of thy son. We pray that thou wilt preserve and protect this site from natural disaster of any type. Protect this site from vicious attacks of vandals or others who would presume to approach this sacred site with evil intent of any kind. I dedicate these buildings, grounds, and groves all to the end that faith in thee will increase and that families may be strengthened and qualify for exaltation according to thy great plan of happiness. While we now dedicate this sacred site, we humbly rededicate ourselves, our time, talents, and all with which thou hast blessed us to build up thy kingdom upon the earth and establish its righteousness. I dedicate this site to stand as a symbol of our united testimony that thou art our God, our eternal father, and that this is the church of thy beloved son whom thou hast sent. I so dedicate this priesthood restoration site of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints in the sacred name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Isn't that just so fun, especially looking at, at some of the other uh, temple dedicatory prayers and stuff that, I mean, this one, this one is in depth. <laughs> you know, we're baptizing uh, land and earth and, and highways and <laughs> anyway underpasses and pathways and nothing will be destroyed <laughs> yeah. I, I like i like the thing about protection against um natural disasters and vandals or anybody who would want to cause it harm mm -hmm. you know yeah exactly you know it's very he interesting actually, he actually mentions things um twice right so you have the furnishings infrastructure appliances you know all that kind of stuff mm -hmm. and then later on you have buildings grounds and groves right so mm -hmm. it's the inside stuff and then the outside stuff mm -hmm. <clears throat> So other than, you know, dedicating a land for the preaching of the gospel or, um, you know, Adam on Diamond kind of a thing, is there is there other places that are dedicated like this, you know, like um, set aside, consecrated, dedicated areas other than than buildings and stuff? Because that was very, uh, <laughs> sorry, what did you say? Was it our garden? Our garden, yeah. <laughs> Our food storage garage. Uh-huh. Yeah, exactly. Um, I I think the sacred grove is. I'm pretty sure Temple Square is, you know, and you have all of the buildings that are around there, the conference center. 
you know, that kind of stuff. <laughs> yeah, the yeah. Orson Hyde dedicated uh, over in Jerusalem. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So it's interesting why this one. Uh, another question I've got is Was this ever dedicated prior to this? Was this a rededication or was this like, no, we need to get this uh, revamped and then dedicated? I don't think we owned it. I think we had to acquire the land. We had to acquire the buildings. Then they did all the reconstruction and everything to get it so that it was a church history site. Gotcha. Right. And then I think that when the dedication took place. Um, but one of the things that I thought was interesting when he dedicated the buildings, grounds, and groves all to the end that faith in thee yeah. will increase and that families may be strengthened and qualify for exaltation according to thy great plan of happiness i mean he's been talking about that right about how exaltation yeah. is a family thing and you know even back here in this he that's what he was saying but he's dedicated this is this shows us what this purpose is this isn't necessarily for uh, your Taurus. This is for members of the church to come and see the this historical sites from the restoration so that they can increase their faith and exalt their families. Mm -hmm. Which is interesting, you know, along that, that pilgrimage principle, you know, when we make pilgrimages to holy sites, especially dedicated ones and stuff, I find that very interesting. And uh, especially the baptismal area of the Susquehanna River. I, I, I love that one. Like, how often do we dedicate a river? Uh, that, that's pretty well, infrequent. It's an area. It's an area <laughs> yeah. of the river. And that's yeah. not going to be the same water all the time. So it's the land, yeah. right? Uh -huh. Exactly. You know? it, it wasn't it, it, that um, also where, like, Adam fought or Michael fought Satan or whatever on the banks of the Susquehanna and stuff. I wonder if that's all included in that baptismal area or not. But, I don't anyway. know. But, you know, I find it interesting, you know, we, we've just recently studied, you know, Joshua and Israel going across the Jordan, right? They yeah. crossed on dry ground. They crossed on the ground. So the Lord held the water at bay, right? But the ground is what was important. Mm -hmm. and, and mud in their toes. <laughs> well, no, they, they crossed on dry ground. There wasn't mud. Right. Think mm. about that. You know, it, this isn't just, okay, I'm going to stop. Um, I'm going to dam up the river so that, you know, but you're going to squish your way across. That's that's not what it was. But um, I just think it's interesting. You know, you can, you can dedicate that piece of land. Doesn't matter if it's got water running over it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's interesting. Mm -hmm. And then uh, one thing that I've tried to ask myself through all, all of these dedicatory prayers is what, when is he actually blessing me individually and or, or admonishing me individually, right? And so like in verse 44, the very last paragraph, um, we humbly rededicate ourselves now, mm -hmm. our time, our talents, and all with which thou hast blessed us to build up thy kingdom here upon the earth and establish its righteousness. And so, you know, that 
that phrasing is is obviously familiar from from temple and consecration but um interesting um how some things are blessing the the people that will be attending it or or visiting it um but uh sometimes it's just blessing um many people in, in general or admonishing them to to something and so i found that very interesting But yeah, there's a, a lot of like houses and stuff. I haven't been back to, to this area before, but um, so we have the reconstructed Joseph and Emma home. The, um, what other home did it say there? The Hale, Hale. Home. The Hale home. For parents. Yeah, so like how far away are we talking? Are we dedicating all of the land even in between? Or is it like, these separate disjointed properties that he's all dedicating. Well, they're very close, I think. Yeah, I think they're like next door. Okay. The houses are, um, but you know the whole the whole piece of land that the church acquired and turned into that church history site, right? With all mm -hmm. the different things that people can go around and see, were all dedicated at one time. Mm -hmm. And it's all pretty much adjoining, right? Like, if you ever wanted to see it um tom pettit i think he does church history tours but he also does a little come follow me thing every week but he has videos where okay. he takes you on a tour of it mm -hmm. gotcha yeah. they're pretty so cool I think there's a, a visitor center and a meeting house and then there's the two houses um you know and then you have the outdoor locations mm -hmm. and they're Joseph and Emma's first little baby was buried there too. So, I mean, off topic, but is that baby still there or was it exhumed and, and moved later on? Or because that would be interesting with the planning and, and rededication of, of all of this. Like, what did the, the church do with that that grave? That's interesting. I never thought about that before. Good question. I don't know. Why don't you check that out? Google it and see. <laughs> Where is Alvin buried? Hmm. I don't know. I wonder if Family Search has that. Yeah. I think I remember. Wasn't he helping Joseph and Emma do something with their house when he got sick and died? Seems like it. Hmm. Let me see. Um, Alvin Smith. I, I think mean, it's like some... in New York somewhere. Uh huh. Yeah. So it says Palmyra. Palmyra. Yeah. General John Jones Swift Memorial Cemetery. I don't know exactly where that's at. Like I've I've been to Nauvoo, but that was kind of when I was younger and stuff. I I've never been to like the New York ones and stuff. I still have a hard time placing everything, but that'd be interesting just to kind of look at all of the the Smith family, especially during those early years, and kind of see where they're buried and, and stuff. Just I never thought about it before. <laughs> I went to I went to the New York and, and Palmyra and the pageant and everything when I was a kid but I haven't been back as an adult. Mm -hmm. um, my kids have been to Palmyra, to Kirtland and to Nauvoo. 
um, with youth things, but I never made it to Kirtland and I lived in Ohio. <laughs> Isn't that years, funny? Ohio. Well, that happens. Always, oh, well, we can always go up there. It's just a few hours away, but you know, it was just trying to find the time and everything. And, and, uh, but we've been to Nauvoo a couple of times, you know, cause we were able to hit it on the trip out here and back. So. Mm -hmm. It says Joseph Smith and Emma's baby is the headstone is located in McCune Cemetery near Harmony, Pennsylvania. Interesting. So the headstone is there. Is the body there? That's well? why I'm like, I don't know. It just says the headstone. <laughs> it just says where the headstone is located. I. Interesting. Why do you look for the living amongst the dead? <laughs> with, the, with little babies like that, a lot of times they just wrap them in a blanket, you know, and not much, and that probably they probably couldn't tell if they had it all or not. Sometimes they probably didn't want to disturb it. But yeah. I don't know. Yeah, it says in the Smith Family Cemetery in Nauvoo where Joseph and Emma, brother Hiram, Joseph's parents are buried as are Joseph Smith's brothers, Samuel and Don Carlos. Mm. I love it doesn't that. talk about any of their babies mm. being there. Mm. Interesting, so they probably didn't they had, or anything. They had a lot that they buried too. Yeah. That they did. Mm hmm. I can't even imagine. It'd be very hard. Mm hmm. So, um, anything else uh, in this uh, restoration dedicatory prayer, or anything that we want to discuss before we move on to the others? <laughs> Can I budge in? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Did oh, you slam it, Leslie? <laughs> I, I give her a bad time. In group A, she's referencing all these dedicatory prayers, and I'm like, that's not the assignment. <laughs> I got half of them wrong. <laughs> we had a good discussion, though, about them. <laughs> I think they must have been what I needed personally. But okay, so Becky just sends me a text and asks, <laughs> Have you heard about? What was it, Adam fighting Cain on the Cisco? What was it? You just on talked the, about it, Cameron. No, yeah, yeah, Adam fighting Satan on the Susquehanna. Mm -hmm. Have not heard about that. Where we need that? That? <laughs> You better teach us up. <laughs> Michael fighting. It's in the Doctrine and Covenant somewhere. Um, well, duh. We should know then. <laughs> Well, I'm I'm saying I, I should know it's in the Doctrine and Covenants, but I don't. We should know too. I'm Googling it. Let's see. Um, so this is Doctrine and Covenants 129, verse 8. Um, it, it, this is a paper by Alonzo Gaskell, but um, I'm gonna look it up here in just a second. You said 129.8? I believe so. I mean, that's what the, the name of this article is called. 
which 129 isn't that the keys of yeah 129 is how to distinguish spirit uh -huh. yeah if it be a devil as an angel of light when you ask him to shake hands he will offer you his hand and you will not feel anything you may therefore detect him that's 129 8. Hmm. Um, let's try 128 verse 20. <laughs> that's what you do when you get me on the spot and I don't know and I'm just quoting things. Yeah, that's it. So this article seems really interesting. So um, the article is from the religious educator, BYU, um, and it's called DNC 129.8, The Reality of Satan's Physicality. And so uh, one of the sections of it is uh, on the banks of the Susquehanna, which is DNC 128, verse 20. Mm -hmm. um, so, and again, what do we hear? <laughs> Glad tidings from Camorra. Moroni, an angel from heaven, declaring the fulfillment of the prophets, the book of the book to be revealed. A voice of the Lord in the wilderness of Fayette, Seneca County, declaring the three witnesses to bear record of the book. The voice of Michael on the banks of the Susquehanna detecting the devil when he appeared as an angel of light. The voice of Peter, James, and John in the wilderness between Harmony and Susquehanna uh, County and Colesville, Broome County on the Susquehanna River, declaring themselves as possessing the keys of the kingdom and of the dispensation of the fullness of times. So I guess... Like, so he, Satan was there trying to... to be an angel of light. Which, I mean, makes sense. I mean, they're restoring the priesthood, right? You know, so yeah. going to be, no, I, I have the priesthood here. But interesting, 128 and then 129, the next section is, okay, now we're going to teach you how to distinguish between angels when, when they appear to you. Wow. Which. Who better to stand than Adam. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But, I, you know, reading that again was interesting because I thought there was like actual physical altercation, but like it doesn't really say that. It says that Adam detected him on the banks of the Susquehanna, right? Like, anyway, I'm going to have to like read more up on that. Sorry, I just threw that out there. <laughs> oh, awesome. Where, where is that other link? What is that other source resource oh. you have? Uh-huh. So I was just Googling it, you know, Banks of the Susquehanna thing or whatever, and it came up with this article. And so there's probably a lot there. Uh, it talks about Heber C. Kimball's experience with him, Wilfred Woodruff, Newell Knight, Sidney Rigdon, Benjamin Brown, Harvey Whitlock. Um, then talks in, about this on the Banks of the Susquehanna. Anyway, just about Satan's physicality, how he can actually mm -hmm. do physical things. It it says in 2 Corinthians 11, 13 through 15, for such are false apostles, deceitful workers, transforming themselves into the apostles of Christ. And no marvel for Satan himself is transformed into an angel of light. Therefore, it is of therefore it is no great thing if he his ministers also be transformed as the ministers of righteousness, whose end shall be according to their works. Where what where does that say that? Um, it's in the footnote of Angel of Light, and it 
goes to 2 Corinthians 11, 13 through 15 in the New Testament. Interesting, because that carries a lot of the wording of the previous endowment when it was changed in 1990. Like the, the whole minister thing, right? Like, I don't know. <laughs> I'm I'm talking to the, the choir here because you guys have all seen it. I've not seen that, but but setting some of the wording there and and the the faults um ideas that are coming with the the ministers appearing as angels of light kind of principle. Anyway. Yeah. Hmm. Thank you. Thank you so <laughs> so you just popped on for that you're just gonna leave now aren't you? <laughs> <laughs> what else you got there leslie <laughs> I, like, I, I apologize but love y'all bye <laughs> are you seriously leaving i really i have to go <laughs> bye i'm so sorry <laughs> See ya. okay bye i know you gotta go <laughs> that's funny that is well, that was good though. Good little study side. Yeah. Um, has any, as I'm listening to this dedica dedicatory prayer, is anybody else thinking that maybe we're living beneath our privileges when we dedicate our homes? Yeah. Yeah. I don't, it, right. we, we haven't moved in seven years, so it's been a while. So I don't remember details on what we did for this house, but it's just got me thinking that there's a lot more we can do and it's interesting because we will be talking about that in lectures on faith um when we study um the part about the the washing of the feet second anointings and, and things like that um because there is the ordinance of, of dedicating the home but there's also the um the dedicating of the home that we have in our church handbook presently, right? And and kind of the differences and the nuances there, um, because it is part of the second anointing ordinance to, to dedicate the home in a much bigger scale, kind of like uh, it's talking about here. And so it, it'll be interesting when we fully dive into that. I've got a few different articles, uh, homework assignments to read when we get to there, but um, yeah, much mm -hmm. belief beneath our privileges. I was telling the first group that I did have this thought just this week about in the last days, you know, being in this home by myself, I'm always worried about what's going to happen being here alone. And I was thinking as I was outside that my home will be as if like people will drive by and they won't even be able to see it because mm -hmm. I have a, a little tiny property with you know the protection that comes with with all that because i've been worrying about it and then that just came to me and i'm like well there you go mm -hmm. <laughs> i guess i need to weed my front yard now <laughs> <laughs> i love it i'm gonna take yes. a picture of it and show it to you guys someday you'll be like holy cow <laughs> see? But the grass is four feet tall <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the but yeah side note i find it so interesting that was the first time that becky has pitched a question over to leslie or <laughs> told her to get on leslie's always doing it the, the reverse she does and, that to me all the time that's hilarious <laughs> a strong moment yeah. <laughs> learn about a fair play 
<laughs> I love it. All right. So um, after that one comes the Sapporo Japan. Let me find the page number real quick. It's 811. Oh, you're... 811 for Sapporo Japan Temple. So keep in mind, this is still when he's an apostle. Yep. <clears throat> and this is just a short, succinct, little, simple one. But Sapporo Japan Temple, like, has that one is is pretty unique in some of its features. You know, like, have you ever studied like the veil that they have in Sapporo Japan? Um, mm -hmm. I remember taking a look at that. Um, you know, because we always have like two veils, right? We have the veil of the temple, and then we have like the curtain that's in front of it. But with Sapporo Japan, it's the only one that has like the ooh, what are they called? It's not pagoda, but whatever the like the like little screens, you know, the have like the rice paper kind of thing, like the very Japanese style screens or whatever. It's the only temple that that doesn't have a, a pre-veil. It, it has one of those little screens in there and stuff. I, there's lots of different little nuances to the Sapporo Japan Temple, and so it was interesting to see that President Nelson was the one that dedicated it. Now I'm going to have to look up pictures of that temple. Me too. <sighs> And they have, like, at the base of their stairs, they have one of those, like, sand pit garden things that's all raked and it's like a meditation garden inside the temple there. Anyway, it, it's so cool. It's one of my, my favorite temples. I really wanted to, <laughs> I don't even know where I was in 2016, but I really wanted to go to it. On the rededication of it, there's got pictures and stuff on it. I think I just saw a video about it. Mm, last week so uh -huh. i just googled the website and this is what my phone shows me <laughs> <laughs> you gotta translate it <laughs> give the <to> tongues <laughs> but yeah uh, well i think it's because my son i i i i i can't even read anything on it my son has um, my Google account on his phone for something, and his phone is all in Japanese. Yeah. <laughs> and um, it has picked up something from that. <laughs> well, on the church website, you always just got to find the globe, wherever it's sometimes at the top, no, sometimes no, at the no, bottom. No. I, I tapped that, and it came up with choices, and they're all in Japanese. Oh. <laughs> 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 so I did a I did a, a Google translate and it's translated the the language, but the top is still in Japanese. Uh -huh. Interesting, funny. Uh, <laughs> my son, why does it have? Oh my gosh! Change region. Uh. But yeah, so like this one. Um, it, well, all of his temple dedicatory prayers, there's really only like one or two paragraphs, short paragraphs of the actual, like, I dedicate this kind of thing. All of the rest is kind of admonitions and saying, hey, we're, we're very thankful for this and, and our gratitude and, and stuff. Um, but in the Sapporo one, um, in paragraph five and six, verse five and six, um, I dedicate the baptismal font, the initiatory endowment, ceiling, and celestial rooms for thy eternal purposes, which is very different from his other temple um, things. He 
in the other ones, he just blanket statements it as we dedicate all of the rooms. Um, I dedicate this house for the blessing of individuals and families on both sides of the veil, which we see that phrase a lot, you know, uh, it made me go back and look um, through his apostolic years, he said it um, in three different talks, um, but it's often in conjunction with uh, missionary work, and, and this one is uh, directly with temple work. I dedicate and consecrate this temple from its footings to the majestic figure, figure of the angel Moroni that crowns its highest point. I dedicate all mechanical, electrical, and other equipment that will allow this temple to function well. I dedicate the beautiful grounds and the plantings that lend beauty to this temple. And so um, that's that's the main dedicatory part, but you know, there's there's lots of um protecting it from any evil intent to damage it. Does this one? Oh yeah, this one uh, protects it from earthquakes and other disasters. And I find it interesting that he, well, in these ones anyway, he's always closed it by blessing each future president, counselor, matrons, and assistants that will serve there which is, I, I don't know, <laughs> not that I write dedicatory prayers all the time, but I, I don't, that wasn't my first thought. Oh, that's really cool. But he does it in each of them. And in this one, he also rededicates ourselves. As we dedicate this temple, we rededicate our lives to thee and thy holy cause, which is, I think that's different from the other ones. I don't think he rededicates us. Um, but one thing that my mom picked up was that he always pretty much starts off with all of them by uh, thanking uh, for Christ and for Joseph Smith, that Joseph Smith is an integral part in uh, all of the dedicatory prayers. And the uh, restoration he, of the gospel. Yeah. Does he always bring up Monson? I, I can't remember. Um, this one has Monson. Only the first two would have Monson because the next one. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Good point there. Yep. Yeah. So the first two he does. <laughs> I'm sure that in all of them, they mention whoever the current prophet is. Mm -hmm. um, but um, he, he does. He does talk about, you know, Joseph Smith and the restoration of the gospel. Right. It was in the restoration site. It was in this one. It's in the Chile one. Um, let me see. I'm looking. I'm gonna get past all my little tape flags. <laughs> are you talking about which Japanese temple are you talking about? Sapporo. Oh, Sapporo. The one I, the video I just watched was Tokyo. Sorry. Tokyo. I send the link to you just in case you're interested. Uh huh. Yeah. Thank you. It's a messenger link. Yeah, I loved looking at the to Tokyo and the the Hong Kong. Um, even though we only have renderings of Hong Kong, I originally wish we had the the full on. But um, I don't know. It's it's just fun to see some of these Asian ones. 
Yeah, in the Rome, Italy dedication in verse three, we thank thee for the restoration of the fullness of the gospel. Oh, so there... in each one, it's also the restoration of the gospel. Yeah. Very key connector. Yeah. So the restoration, Joseph Smith, Jesus Christ, these are all the things. They're all in there. You know, um, where Joseph Smith is the head of this dispensation, because remember how he was concerned when the temples were shut down? He said, how am I, what am I going to report to Joseph Smith? Mm -hmm. You know, that's who he'll be reporting to for his time spent. Yeah, at Adam on Diamond, he'll, he'll return his keys to Joseph Smith. And Joseph will return them to Christ. Mm. Oh. As the dispensation head. So, the long dispensation. <laughs> but yeah, it, it's interesting. I haven't reread salt lake and and kirtland and nauvoo for a while but um it seems like they go through and, and dedicate each little thing too right the baptismal font and, and this and that and and so forth but it's interesting that with conception chile and um rome that it's very simplified yeah it's like the very foundation to the top of the steeple or whatever he said Mm -hmm. We dedicate I mean, it, each room for its sacred purpose. There uh -huh. you go. They're all covered at that point. Yeah. Although he still talks about furnishings and fixtures. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I find that very interesting. And um, the grounds. And the grounds. Yeah. I'm just popping and over to Conception Chile. It's chapter 15 in the fifth Nelson book. Yeah. yeah. Toward the hand of any who would approach these premises with evil intent. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Which is interesting that we're blessing all of the temples for natural disasters and for, for man, right? For mm -hmm. evil intent. Yet, to what extent do these blessings actually protect the temple? Because we've seen some, you know, have natural disasters like whatever that one in Texas, you know, that got flooded uh, up with Houston and Nauvoo, obviously, um, different and ones. Then have, and then you have ones like Columbus that had a design flaw and had mold yeah. and they had to raise it to the ground and yeah. rebuild it. And That's there was one somewhere that burnt down. Um, yeah, wasn't it like Philippines or something? It was foreign, I know. But, yeah. Um, and then like our Twin Falls one, you know, just because we're there all the time and stuff. But it had like a massive leak, and they've had to replace the front doors, and you know, lots of different like little design flaw kind of things. And so I don't know. I find that interesting. I'm not saying that dedicatory prayers aren't all encompassing, but um, it's just interesting to me that that Satan is working hard to. Um, to thwart temples in any way that he can you know that there's such a, a target 
um, as the the portals to to heaven kind of thing that you know whatever he can do if he can get design flaws if he can get some natural disasters and stuff he considers that like a win in his book but yet we we always rebuild stronger and we we come back from things well the enemy's job is to show us where we are weak yeah <laughs> that's true um in the conception chili one um so he has the the four different things the structure the room the furnishings and the grounds but I, I find the verbiage interesting because they kind of point to a lot of our initiatory things um let's see we dedicate the structure from the depth of its foundation to the height of its steeple that it may withstand the forces of nature and the ravishes of time and kind of you know along the lines of um anyway it, it points to to some of the stuff in in initiatory and um was it the no the furnishings that they may serve their function well and give comfort and utility to those who use them and so i don't know it, it made me uh want to go back and go through all of the different dedicatory prayers and and kind of pick out similar phrases or verbiage or, or usage um that point to our ordinances whether it's initiatory or, or otherwise but um it just kind of made me think of like when we go through initiatory and and we go through our bodies and our bodies are temples uh, of god for the spirit and stuff and that we're blessing individual parts and uh elements of of sacred edifices and and that was like hitting me uh, in a new profound way tonight as i was studying these like huh interesting uh, you know, kind of like what Becky was saying, like we're living beneath our privileges as far as when we dedicate things to a holy purpose or consecrate them. And um, sometimes it, it's just kind of a blanket statement. Sometimes it's simplified, but um, some of these examples here are, you know, a lot more thorough. And um, yeah, I don't know, just the, the purpose behind them. It was just kind of an interesting thing to, to ponder on. Um, in the, the Conception Chile one, uh, toward the end, in verse 11, it's the second to last paragraph, um, he, he blesses all of the saints. Uh, Holy Father, we praise and honor thee and thy beloved Son. May thy saints here and throughout the world fulfill their responsibilities in the gathering of Israel, preparing a Zion people, and doing a work worthy of all acceptation. And so I, th I found that very interesting. That one was hitting me like, oh, I didn't know I was included in the Conception Chile dedicatory prayer. And so again, that made me want to go study all of the other dedicatory prayers and find out um, when a prophet or apostle is blessing the, the church as a whole or just the, the constituents of that area or, you know, it, it was just interesting verbiage to, to look at. It would be also interesting to see how the prayers change with who the prophet is. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And well, I'm sure each one of them is going to have their own particular style, their own particular focus. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it was interesting. Um, was it back in 2017, Mother, when we were temple hopping? 
I can't remember what year it was, but yes. anyway, we realized we hadn't been to very many temples outside of our <laughs> normal things. And so uh, on our way to classes in Provo each week, uh, we picked a different Utah corridor temple. And before we went, we would read the dedicatory prayer uh, and then go inside and uh, kind of see the things that were talked about in the, the dedicatory prayer. Uh, notice them. Anyway, it was a fun exercise, but how different each one of them were. I don't remember anything off the top of my head, but I just remember thinking, man, you know, whoever's given the, the prayer has a different take on it and a different um, set of things that they're, they're dedicating and blessing. So here's, here's a little piece of trivia for you. When the Columbus, Ohio temple was dedicated, the dedicatory prayer actually quotes the Kirtland temple dedicatory oh, prayer times. That's cool. How close is the proximity? Is it, it in the state of Ohio? Is it pretty close or? No, Columbus is right smack dab in the middle and Kirtland okay. is up by Cleveland. So um, Columbus, you know, it's the first temple in Ohio since they left Kirtland, right? Um, so it was a big deal. Um, yeah. It was September of 1999. We, there were several, were there several sessions for the, dedica for the dedication? I sang in the choir. I sang in the wow. his ear. Literally. Um, he was sitting and I, I could have put <laughs> his hand like this and put it on his shoulder. Um <laughs> it was, was kind of crazy. Um but it was um it was a real big deal, you know, living in Ohio to have one. Yeah. We've been driving to Chicago to go to the temple. For a long time and before Chicago it was DC mm -hmm. so um and and where we lived Columbus was still 90 minutes away but that was so much closer than six hours to Chicago mm -hmm. you know the sacrifices of time and everything to to go to the temple in some of those distances it's interesting the the progression of that and the the future of that you know <laughs> you know gas prices right where yeah. It's going to be quite a, a sacrifice for a lot of saints to to go to the temple. We're going to start seeing that a lot. You know, I told you I was reading about my great grandpa this morning, and they had to go over to Manti from uh, Sevier County in Utah. So it was quite a ways because it takes us an hour to drive there in a car. But anyway, so they take a whole week off work. And they'd take a day to take their wagons over. They'd rent a house. And they'd go with six or seven other couples. And then they'd stay in that house. And then they'd go to sessions like for four days. And then they'd go home on Saturday. So they'd be back home on Sunday. Hmm. And they'd do that when their farming was, you know, kind of slower. <laughs> unless it was too muddy and they couldn't go. <laughs> we were temple workers in Chicago. Um, in the mid nineties is we got released when they came out with the policy that said you couldn't be a temple worker, an ordinance worker, if you had children under 18 at home, because uh -huh. we did. Um, but this was back when in the other temples, you know, <laughs> you guys in this area didn't have to deal with this, but <laughs> in, in the other temples, 
the stakes would have stake temple trips and uh -huh. they would come to the temple and you could have this temple trip, but you had to provide all of your own ordinance workers. Uh -huh. And so um, we had to, we went to Chicago, I'm thinking it was for a weekend once a month so that we could get trained so that we could go and do stuff. And, you know, we would, we would either leave our kids with somebody or we would take them with us to the hotel and take somebody, somebody's teenager yeah. who would you know, come <laughs> along as well and, and babysit the kids at the hotel. And the kids were like, oh, we get to go swim in the pool. We get to go, you know, do whatever. And, um, you know, hit up the church, you know, a bookstore that was like the church bookstore, you know, cause we didn't have those kinds of things. And, and we would do that. Um, but that was a great few year, you know, a couple of years when we were doing that. Yeah, um, so much different than Utah. <laughs> oh yeah, oh yeah. I mean, the, the huge sacrifices that we had to make, but yeah. somehow we were able to do it, right? Uh -huh. I, I, I don't ask me how, I'm looking back and going, how in the world did we ever afford any of that? I, I don't know, but it all worked. And uh, you know, the sacrifices that you make to go to the temple, really, um, the Lord takes care of you. I had a random thought, yeah. which is usually the way mine comes. <laughs> the dedicatory prayers for a temple are a lot like its patriarchal blessing. You know, there's a lot of information for those who will attend that temple, for the, for the people of the temple, but it may not be as pertinent to others outside that area who don't have vested interest in that particular temple. Now, I'm not saying that the council nor the, the wisdom given in those temple uh, dedications mm -hmm. are, are of no use to anybody. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying I think it's kind of like that, that to me, it just kind of came up that it's, uh, it's kind of like a patriarchal blessing for the building. Mm -hmm. And maybe that's another way that we could kind of give it priority or or uh, uh, well, because some of them may be repetitious, some of them may have parts of them that are similar, but others may have specific uh, small nuances that may be different. I mean, and those are given <clears throat> by the spirit for to protect to specific things. Um, mm -hmm. It's kind of like if, if you need something from the Lord, all you got to do is ask for it. So in these particular prayers, the Lord, the the, the person praying is asking for a specific thing. Mm -hmm. yeah like the uh Uchtdorf's, uh germany ones like it, it's interesting uh what uh protection clauses he he gives the people in in those ones but yeah i i like that because you know that's not generally needed amongst all the others and so thinking of it in that that patriarchal sense i i like that it makes a lot of sense so well, i know i'm um off on this ohio tangent because it's in front of me right but what was quoted from the Kirtland Temple dedication, I find very interesting considering this was given in 1999. You know, if you think that in 2000 or thereabouts is the beginning of the half hour of silence, right? Listen to this. Put upon thy servants the testimony of the covenant that when they go out from this house and proclaim thy word, they may seal up the law and prepare the hearts of thy saints for all those judgments thou art about to send in thy wrath 
upon the inhabitants of the earth because of their transgressions, that thy people may not faint in the day of trouble. Therefore, O Lord, deliver thy people from the calamity of the wicked. Enable thy servants to seal up the law and bind up the testimony that they may be prepared against the day of burning. Wow. That whole thing is, is the from, from Kirtland, right? From Kirtland. Mm -hmm. And it's yeah. reiterated in Columbus. From DNC 109. Yeah. And then, and then it's, you know, more of um, watch over thy house, you know, all the stuff about, you know, the protect it from evil intent, things like that. And, and mm -hmm. blessing the presidencies and the matrons. Right. Yeah. Um, and then it, quotes again from the Kirtland Temple um, mm. dedication. But for that part to be brought out yeah. again. Yeah, of I all think, the parts to quote, that, that's a pretty serious one. <laughs> right, right. I'm just like, wow. Mm -hmm. Now, if President so, Nelson but, comes and dedicates another temple and he brings that out again, then, you know. <laughs> yeah, a Salt Lake temple dedication. What did they say? 2025 now? It's being pushed back a little. Uh, it, it's going to be a fun one. I'm guaranteed. You know, it's really interesting. I um, have been, I, I added a new supplier to my Thursday routine of going to Salt Lake. And so I've been coming back down 215. I don't usually drive that route. And I'm driving down there. And I'm like, what is this building off to the side? You know, I'm like, what, what is this? Uh, it's big and majestic like a temple, but it doesn't look like a temple. It has a bell tower, okay? Huh. It's got a steeple and a bell tower. And, I'm like, and for the last few weeks, I've been looking at it as I've driven by. And I'm like, what is this? And I, this past Thursday, a friend went with me. And so while I was going by, I'm like, okay, I'm driving. Can you Google what this building is? Yeah. <laughs> it's the new Taylorsville Temple. Uh-huh. It has a bell tower. It's like open. And I'm yeah. like, are they going to put bells in it? Because, I mean, that's just really. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that so interesting? I When I came down uh, last time too, or whatever, I was thinking the same thing. I was like, what an interesting building. Like, what the heck? But yeah, I finally seen some uh, images or whatever on Facebook the other day. And I was like, oh my gosh, it was a temple? <laughs> That's I know, so right? I was like, this, who is, what, what kind of church is building a building to rival one of our temples? But it doesn't look like a temple. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that the one that had some shingles on it? Um, or was that a different one? I don't know. I remember. It's Taylorsville is the one that it's it's at 30 it's at 3300 south and um I215. Mhm. Mm Hopefully this doesn't break my internet for you. But anyway, yeah, as you're driving by it, you're just like, "Oh, what is that building that's so interesting? It doesn't look like a temple." But um mm -hmm. looking at the the rendering, I I can see where it's headed, but you see it's, that tower? Yeah. You see that tower in the top? And it, it's open. Mm -hmm. I know the, what the picture looks like, but you can see through it. It's open. Mm -hmm. It's not done. Oh, I know it's not done, but it looks like... <laughs> <laughs> it, 
I guess it, it, it's channeling its inner inner city center, Provo City Center Temple. I see yeah. <laughs> um, it's <laughs> the Provo City Center Temple on steroids, maybe. Uh, <laughs> but when I, I drove past it, I'm like, what is this thing? You know, if it wasn't in Utah, I'd say, oh, it's a new mega church being built. I mean, they got them all over Ohio, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> Bible Belt. But um, um, it was, it was really it was out of it. Really mm -hmm. Yeah, I love that. Um, any other things in, in any of these dedicatory prayers? Um, you know, the Oh, we didn't even discuss Rome. Just a second. <laughs> Here I am trying to close. Rome is Rome's a whole different animal. Yeah. You know, it's a lot shorter than I remember because I thought it was like a big lengthy one. But um, it's interesting what um, is being brought through there as well. Again, the actual dedicatory part is pretty small. Um, it's just two verses. Um Mm, three, 12, 13, 14. Oh, yeah, 14 as well. Um, but yeah, interesting, you know, anytime that they have ancillary buildings, you know, in the visitor center and all that, um, they're dedicating. But um, there's the restoration, but also the, the big nods to the original apostles and the, Peter and Paul specifically, um, they're in Italy, their abiding testimony. I found that very interesting. And um, it was in both this one and Philly one where they're blessing the local governments and officials and softening the hearts of the people. Uh, and this one, interesting with religious liberty for all. Mm -hmm. um, anyway, I thought those were very interesting things to bring out in a Elder Gong just did a, they just uh, posted some kind of a symposium or something that he just did Oh, uh -huh. uh, uh, of church history. And he talked, he had a big presentation all about religious uh, freedoms. And, and it was a uh, very, very detailed. I, I learned a lot from, um, of it helping to divine what religious freedom really is mm -hmm. and it it uh, it expanded my ability to understand just exactly what is in the term of religious freedoms um yeah. i uh i shared it with with nancy and then uh i guess she's going to share it with i'm going to send guys. it to you a, cameron it is I a can't very it good um it's a very good thing to watch and to understand it helps you to, to appreciate quite a few things uh that we're still fighting for uh, that we take for granted or don't even think about as a part of it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So yeah, let me get these. And... Yeah, I just sent it to you. Oh, no, I didn't even see that you had posted that Romans 12 one. <laughs> Sometimes I'm real bad at chat. Darn it. Um, so here's the, the two links. The first one is the one that um, Scott sent. And then uh, the second one is, well, I, I guess uh, Scott's mentioned it, but Nancy sent it to me. Yeah. Yeah, I sent the one who was Tokyo Temple, but that's not the temple you guys were talking about. Okay. But yeah. 
Yeah, I went and looked at the pictures for Sapporo Japan, and there's only one picture on the official thing of an endowment room, and it's you see um, a little bit of the altar in the foreground, and it's looking toward the back door. So you don't see the screens or anything. I'm going to have to like look up those pictures and stuff. <laughs> when was that mother that you created all those binders? So me and my mom. I think mom, it's in there. Before all of the <laughs> the book clubs and all that kind of stuff, we're temple nerds. And so we'd like to go into the, all the temples. And anyway, she created a binder on each temple, like a binder with all the temples in it, dedicatory prayers, all of the pictures that we could find on any temple and stuff like that. And so I'm going to have to go look and uh, find some of those pictures again. That sounds really cool. I, I, yeah, I kept it in. I kept, but up until uh, President Nelson started adding so many, I couldn't give up. <laughs> oh, that's what you're talking about. Uh huh. I forget what they're called, but those like Japanese screens. Do and they so open like an accordion, or do they? Like, they open uh, sideways? Uh, yeah, they just open sideways. They're like pocket doors, kind of. Okay. But anyway, they have that fancy Japanese ornament around them and stuff. But yeah, it's the only temple that does that, that doesn't have like a curtain in front of it. You know, in the, the church, we have many different styles of curtains, you know, like Brigham City has like the rounded curtain and, and stuff like that. Um, or even like Logan. But um, anyway, this one was interesting that it doesn't have a uh, uh, an anti-curtain it has those <laughs> i need to find out the word for it whatever those <laughs> but yeah it's like the chandeliers and, and everything in there so fun um anyway anything else on any of the <laughs> the temples sorry <laughs> yeah talking on, on other stuff it's okay. Still talking temples. Mm -hmm, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> lots of these, these particular ones. Yeah, I I love studying temples, temple architecture, because each of them, like, if you study their aerial view, uh, you know, on Google Maps or whatever, um, it's basically like a canon of a scripture just in and of itself. When you study all of the symbols and how they interrelate with each other and stuff. Um, when you study the interiors and the flowers that are associated with each temple, um, you know, much like our states have a, a state flower, a state bird, a, a state gem, a, different things, you know, that make those states them. Uh, each temple has those things and they use it in such nuanced ways. Um, and often they're very progressive. Like when you're in the, the foyer, you, you see them in very simplistic forms versus once you're in the celestial, they are in their most complex and ornate and beautiful forms and, and stuff like that. It's just interesting to study symbolism uh, and along with the, the dedicatory prayers. I, I find it super fun. If you ever, have you ever been to the city center temple in Provo? Uh-huh. Okay, so like um, when we went on the tour before, um, well, no, it wasn't. It was the project manager for the temple came into the fireside that I was at. But anyway, um, the the scroll work on the edge of the benches in the chapel is very simple, 
and and like you know the little boxes on the end are very simple then you go into the um the first instruction room and it's a little more ornate and then when you go upstairs to the next one you know to the terrestrial it's even more ornate and then and he went through and talked about how even just on the ends of the chairs the you know what started out as a circle became a flower became a a very involved flower what uh -huh. started out as a box became an arch and then became the pointed arch right you know uh -huh. and to to look even at that level of detail minor little things that hardly anybody ever looks at uh-huh it was just uh, that was what really opened my eyes to oh yeah that's pretty cool I would just love to to be in on those meetings when they're planning out those things, you know, in the interior design and architecture design of all the temples. It'd be so fun to see their process and, and what all. I have a, a friend that um, did an internship there or whatever, and she's like, it's like mind blowing, like how much thought goes into this stuff. And each little thing is is prayed over and sometimes they receive them in dreams or what have you. but how all the temples are, you know, there's lots of similarities. Uh, a temple is a temple, right? But um, how very different uh, details can can be. Well, I was just reading somewhere. I don't remember what, what online group it was in. I don't know if it was on Facebook or something else I was in, but they were saying that Billings, Montana, that Billings, maybe there's an, is there another temple in Montana? Are they yes. building another one in Montana? Okay, there might be one. One, they said the Montana Temple is the first kit temple. Mm -hmm. Everything that. is being delivered as a kit that can be built from start to finish in a year or less. Right. Did you hear that there's going to be that President Nelson might have a thousand temples? Yeah, that that's the goal is to get <laughs> yep. to a thousand temples. And cool. so they're trying to find ways to make it really fast. I've also had other people who um, have suggested that um, with some minor modifications, every every one of the at least the recently built stake centers can be converted to a temple. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I because I I've seen some of that kind of rumors. So, so I'm looking at our stake center and stuff, and I'm like, oh, I can see it. I can see how, you know. Uh, how it could easily transform or, or function in that way. Uh-huh. Hmm. Isn't that kind of interesting? Yeah. So um that would, give you, that would give you a lot of temples real fast. Yeah. You know, like Bednar and, and Holland saying, you know, we currently think of temples in the hundreds. We will soon think about them in the thousands. And I, I think what <laughs> that's gonna be such a, a fun um <laughs> hastening of of the work when when we start seeing that there was some person telling that there were places that the church owned and there's just big stacks of things already stored in certain places kind of mm -hmm. <laughs> like i think this is around uh missouri areas yeah uh, it wouldn't surprise me tell us all the things people <laughs> <laughs> The church is very good at being prepared. 
Um, did any of you see um, Elder Bednar's remarks at the National Press Club? I haven't watched all of it. It's very quick. Okay. So one of the questions was about money, right? Mm -hmm. Right, and about how much money, you know, the hundred billion dollars. <laughs> and he kind of joked and said, "Have you seen the stock market lately? I don't think it's a hundred billion anymore." <laughs> you know, but, but he talked about how all of the things that the church does, none of them are revenue generating. They all use resources and how, you know, they have a lot of, and, and he actually mentioned, you know, building meeting houses and temples. These use resources. And so um, how we need to have the resources available to be able to do this work. And it just seemed to imply that there was a lot of that kind of stuff coming. Mm -hmm. That, you know, mm -hmm. I know if, if, if just think how many temples could they build at what, 10, 15 million a piece? Yeah, with, let's do with, it. Even 15. Spend, spend all that money down. <laughs> Before it's gone, right? I know. I was thinking like, even us, we should probably start donating more because pretty soon our money's going to be worth nothing. Convert mm -hmm. it to commodities, people. Mm -hmm. Things to trade. Yep. Yep. Yeah, we were talking about that the other day about how um, there's a lot going on, but I am, I, I'm at peace temporally and spiritually right? It's just to sit back and watch what's, mm -hmm. what's happening. Mm -hmm. yep. we, have a, we have lots coming our way. I know. Yep. It's going to be a fun ride. This year is going to be uh, an interesting one for this year, next year. Yep, take your vitamin pills. <laughs> Get your exciting. I've already had a taste for the fires, you guys. Yeah. Where there was there was that year, so about three years ago, where there was fires, there was nowhere to escape. And for over a month and a half, you couldn't see from here to my wall, just right here in front of you. That's just like two feet away from me. It was so thick, and it was so thick that it changed the climate. It's summer, but because we were under so much smoke, it was like, you know, 50 degrees in the, in the hot of the summer. And you couldn't breathe at all. The, the fume, uh, I can't remember what they call the index, but it was like up in the like 600s. <laughs> like it was so unhealthy and you had to stay in and we were still going to school. We only missed school for a week, but I can remember getting out of my car and I could just see a few feet in front of me to get over to school. It's like it was super foggy. Mm -hmm. It was crazy. And there was, they're like, don't go to the coast. There's so many people over the coast. There's nowhere to go. Everybody was going to the water, you know, just evacuating. It was crazy. Mm -hmm. so I have a taste of what this is going to be. It was really kind of unsettling just being able to breathe you mm -hmm. know, smoke yeah you kind of need breath you know <laughs> yeah sort of for granted sometimes people were going out to help and they were getting so sick the next day just from being outside all day trying to help people 
evacuate horses and cattle and goats and people. And then when you went and looked at the fire, it would, fire went through so fast, it would hit a house, jump three houses. You know, it's just, the winds were really high. It was mm -hmm. crazy. <laughs> anyway. Well, and then was, you have things like- I wanna go through that again. We've been having really weird weather, right? right. Usually, um, our our last frost date is officially the middle of May, but you know, in April, most of the time we can plant stuff. And mm -hmm. and I know people who put their plants out the time when they normally would have, and and um, then we got a frost, and they all died. Mm -hmm. And so they're like, "What am I? Gonna do? I got to start over with my garden." I didn't even, I direct sowed my garden this year because the temperature extremes were so wild in my greenhouse. It and here, it has not stopped raining for three months. It's like, we got another inch this weekend. My wheelbarrow, well, last night in my little doggy swimming pool, it's got a pile of water. It just has been pouring and you guys are in drought and I'm like, let's just make this happy medium. Well, yeah. You know, it, it, they tell us that we're in drought, but I've seen more rain this year than I have the last couple. Mm -hmm. um, well, it's but, the snowpack. I, I have, well, but I mean, at, at my house, we've had more rain, mm -hmm. but I had just last last week or last month in the middle of may around our our last frost date thing it was 106 degrees in my greenhouse in the day and 45 degrees at night mm -hmm. that is a 60 degree thing yeah you know and outside it really wasn't any better 92 and 47 That's you know a huge isn't that crazy mm-hmm but I was still, I was still getting down in the thirties, you know, in May. And yeah, my garden is not growing. It's just too muddy. <laughs> well, we, we planted ours last Saturday and then we had a rainstorm come through and dump like a half an inch of rain. And I'm just going, okay. all right. I hope that my seeds didn't get washed away. <laughs> and the birds eat them. I'm out there every day looking to see what has sprouted today. Yeah. I'm just crossing my fingers. Maybe you better bless your garden. <laughs> I think that's been done. Yeah. yeah. Got it. He's on it. <laughs> <laughs> the garden, the house, the food storage, and the garage. <laughs> A lot of things get the laying on of hands. Yeah. <laughs> And I go out and talk to them and say, come on, little kids, come on, little teams. You can do it. I talk to my computer so it won't crash, too. I'm like, you're the girl. <laughs> and then I'm, like, thinking other things. <laughs> I, I, talk, I talk to my plants. And when you talk to your plants like that, they are more encouraged. And they do grow better. Mm -hmm. Unless you have four quail that live in your yard and they eat everything. <laughs> Oh uh, well, I, I don't have, and I don't have chickens. I can't have chickens, so I'm stuck with just what I can grow. Yep. <laughs> How many chickens do you have, Cameron? I don't know. Um, <laughs> what? <laughs> you know, it's still long enough for you to count them, huh? 
<laughs> There's at least 40 laying hens. Oh my goodness. And then I have 30 meat birds and my young flock. I, I get in some chicks so that they can replace the, the older laying hens. There's like 20 of those. What do you do with all the eggs? Freeze dry. I am freeze drying eggs like crazy. <laughs> That's a lot of eggs. If you ever want to share a number 10 can of freeze dried eggs, you could send one my way. Yeah, anytime. <laughs> what she got to barter for? There you go, guys. <laughs> an education week. Yeah. Yeah, I've got tons of eggs. Like, I've got um, one of those big, massive totes, and it's just full of mylar bags of, of eggs. I wow. just can't even keep up. That's just some protein. Yep. Do you, do, you, do you need a do you need another place a place to stay again cameron i'll trade you for eggs <laughs> there you go <laughs> that's what you'll be like everybody who comes i need <laughs> yep that's funny that's funny <laughs> how much water do you have stored cameron i i've got barrels and things but not very much it's i need to get on my water storage Oh, uh, you know what I just bought? I bought these big things. They fit in the back of your truck. Mine had honey in them. And each of them hold 250 gallons. I just got those. And so I had to clean out the honey. Yeah. The IBC totes. Yeah. I don't know what they are. They're huge. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I want to get some. I don't have a truck or anything. And so it's kind of hard. <laughs> I need to strap it down to my car and yeah. <laughs> along the freeway. Well, I have a truck, sort of. I have a 1981 <laughs> floppy truck. Oh, it's EMP proof. <laughs> That's why I bought it because <laughs> it's old. <laughs> but I've got to stick an extra battery in a can somehow because to... mm -hmm. it'll get fried, I think. I don't know. I'll figure it out. <laughs> Dang. Well, um, so for as far as schedule goes, this is our last week with President Nelson, <laughs> and we are moving on <laughs> to fun things as well. Um, so the next two weeks, because I didn't want to start lectures on faith and then immediately go to Father's Day and have a break in between. So for the next two weeks, here's kind of the, the game plan. I, I really tried to get <laughs> Josette. But anyway, um, a lot of people have wanted to study um, Lance Richardson's They Saw Our Day. And so uh, we're going to, to listen to that for next time. And all of this will be in the email. So I'll send this out uh, later tonight. Um, but anyway, so June, what is it, 12th? June mm -hmm. 12th is They Saw Our Day. I have been working <laughs> for the past couple of weeks on transcribing it. Lance is such a hard person to transcribe for. But um, I've got it all in, in written form, and I'll show you that in, the, in a couple seconds. I've got a couple different versions, and I want you to help me figure out which one's going to be better. But um, so that is going to be next week. Then on Father's Day, it's optional. But um, if, if people, we're going to combine groups A and B and have it at the normal B time at, at 8 p.m. And um, we're going to study um, Anthony Sweats from, from both of his little pamphlet books on, on the Holy Temple. 
um, both of the parables in there. So the, the parable of Asher and the white coat parable. And again, I'll have the text uh, for that in the email. And um, the audio for, for those two are available on Deseret Bookshelf if you have that subscription. What's uh, the name of the book? So the, the first book is called The Holy Invitation. And the second book is called The Holy Covenants. Uh, the first one's white, the, the second one's gold. But I get that not everybody has those books, so I'm going to uh, get on Deseret Book and copy and paste <laughs> so that we have the text and you can uh, read those parables. Um, but again, that's optional. You know, if, if you have Father's Day stuff, don't worry about it. But um, we're going to do that at 8 p.m. on that June 19th. And then June 26th is when we start our 13-week uh, study on lectures on faith and school of the prophets. And again, that schedule will be in the email with that information. And we're out of town that week and the following week. The 26th and the 3rd? Yep. Okay. So, so I we'll don't, be using somebody else's internet. We <laughs> will be using someone else's internet, staying with some friends. I'm not sure how available we are because the third is also our grandson's birthday yeah and we haven't been there for any of his birthdays and That's he was the july weekend five. yeah he's five so um mm -hmm. on the holy invitation and the holy covenants you said that there are two um parables are each one of those a parable or is it just a section inside each of those books uh-huh yeah so i mean they're just really tiny books let me get them but it's just one chapter in each of them um and it just is a, a parable they're calling you short cameron i am really short <laughs> so these are the the two little books uh the holy invitation and the holy covenants um so in the holy invitation the first book it is chapter two which is i mean it's only a couple three pages or so um but it's the metaphor called the commoner and the king and then in the Holy Covenants book, it is, uh, I believe, I don't know. He doesn't have this separated into chapters. It's just part one, part two. Um, and in part one, it's one chapter of that. So again, it's only a few little pages and it's called the white coat parable. I think I have heard the commoner and the king and the whole in the holy invitation. I think I've listened to that already, but I'll go back. Um, these yeah. are both on the bookshelf app. Yeah, the audio is on the bookshelf app, and you know the the copy I'm sure is available on there as well. Oh, speaking of audible or audio things, available on audio is um, Journey to the Veil Part Two, as oh. of yesterday. Yes. So I, when I went to search for it, it Rose. I couldn't find <laughs> it. <laughs> I came much after John had passed away, right? To 
uh, read his books and stuff. So I've never heard his voice. And so it was interesting in the two appendix chapters of that to actually hear one of his firesides. And it's like, oh, it's not what I envisioned his voice to be like. But yeah, I, I'm super excited. To you're used to the narrator. So you yeah. never heard the you never heard the um, audio of the the meeting with with Spencer. Huh? People keep like referencing it, but I've never been able to like actually find it. So if anybody, has it in my I way. have it. I have it. It's an MP3 file. Okay. Yeah. I'll have to. I'll I'll see if I can't send it to you. Mm -hmm. And then I got my spiritual physics of light book. This is so good, you guys. Oh my goodness. Who's that by? Um, Aaron D. Franklin. So they they ran out of books on their first print run through Deseret. And so it was on back order for a while. Nobody could find it. But anyway, I ordered it on the uh, pre-order thing or whatever. And it took about a couple of weeks to get here. But super good book. Talking about um, light, both physical and spiritual and just how it relates and stuff. It was interesting because like we're starting that ham radio class and stuff. And this is all about like wavelengths and frequency and stuff. And it's like, oh my gosh. This was perfect to study them both together. In the first group, um, Leslie had run into Terry in the Ogden Temple. Do you think it's okay to tell the story? Yeah, Becky's here. And so. I think she'd be okay with it, okay. yeah. I better check. And um, she just was saying about their conversation, just the light that came from her into... Terry Pontius, by the way. If, yeah, no. Terry Pontius that came from her into Leslie. She was just like, holy cow. <laughs> mm -hmm. Just as they were chit-chatting. Oh. All right. Well, it's been a super fun night and discussion. So yeah, I'll send out the email with all that information. It's going to be a really long email because we'll include all of the links from all of our President Nelson chats, if anybody wants to go back and look at them, we'll have all the schedule for the future and everything, but it's all good information. <laughs> you have to read it. <laughs> oh, yeah. I was going to screen share just a second. Um, so as I transcribed the They Saw Our Day, um, I have it in two different formats. Which format would be easier for you guys if... I don't know if it's both of them, that's fine. I'll, I'll do both of them. But um, here's this one where it's like the the different time markers as so as you're listening to the file that you can uh, read along with it or in like paragraph form where it has it by section. And so that you can like go back and find things easier. Like, do I just need to do both versions or? Can you combine them? Can you Can you have it like this one? but just put on the side the timestamps. Gotcha, yeah. Because I, this is nice to have the headings and everything, but mm -hmm. the timestamps, if you wanna go back and actually hear it, to have that timestamp to know where to go and look is, is pretty nice. Okay, so a hybrid version, gotcha. Mm -hmm. um, so I might not send that out tonight. I like the second one. Okay. Yeah, I, I like the layout of the second one, but the timestamps are convenient. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So that's, yeah. if you've already got those and it's a, just a matter of, let me put the 
the timestamps into the second one. Mm -hmm. That's and so question as we do study it you know with book of nelson it's been super handy to have like chapters and verses so that people like know where we're reading from it at any given time so um like with timestamps, i think that that would kind of you know help us at least somewhat get close to right so that would kind of accomplish both purposes because i was wondering about that i was like should i put it like a legal document where it's like page 15 line 20 <laughs> you know and uh, stuff like that but timestamps might actually serve both purposes there to kind how of how long is it um let's see so in the in the timestamped version where there's no line spaces or anything like that it is 35 printed pages wow so it's pretty big uh-huh yeah so it's like an hour okay. and a half of listening Got it. but like <laughs> if i'm sure you've all listened to it before or snippets and stuff he's so fast and there's a lot of like things that he kind of says under his breath sometimes and stuff. i mean it was like a challenge trying to transcribe this thing i i'm doing that one and some of avraham's uh near-death experience lecture series and stuff and i'm like oh my gosh i had never thought i would be grateful for overhauls but <laughs> it, it can it pales in comparison it's hard to understand yeah because i always have a hard time understanding overham but his compared to to lance's is <laughs> definitely different so where are you getting lance's is that on audible um you can get it on audible or amazon has a a cd that you can buy i got it off of this website somebody's put it on there and so that's the one i'm going to link to um, send out to people it's just a free version um but you know it doesn't have it lacks functionality as far as like going back 10 seconds or anything like that you know it's just like a, a big long scroll bar uh, but um anyway yeah you can uh, get it on amazon or audible and so i i already have it on audible it's already in my library i've listened to it before um but i didn't know if that's the one you were taking it off of or not oh that's a good question about timestamps dang it yeah i i just got it off of this other one um i've got an mp3 of it that i downloaded off of that site and so uh, that's a good question i should put like include that mp3 with the, the audible is one hour and 48 minutes hmm. Mm -hmm. Okay. So to give you an idea. Yeah. But I yeah, I, I had to scroll back in my library a ways to get to it. <laughs> <laughs> I listened to it a while ago. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah Book club drama. <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> I thought these like. <laughs> President Nelson were hard because I were bouncing around all over the place, but <laughs> have you guys have you guys ever read the screw tape letters? Oh my gosh. So you recommended that to me and I finally was able to get to that last month sometime. Anyway, oh my goodness. I so recommend that to everyone. Like I we I told my mom that. we should do it for book club. Yeah. 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 What things was that? I didn't catch that. The, the screw tape letters by CS. Oh, Ford. yeah, I, he sent that to me. But I don't have time to. 
Um, so be- true, yeah. Because each chapter, we could talk about the different ways that the minions try to, you know, get mm-hmm. us off track with that. It, it's just so, they're so good. Sorry. Yeah, I, I, <laughs> I love it. Saw it in my, I, I, I saw it in there. I'm like, oh, the screw tape letters. Yeah, that would be. <laughs> yeah, I'll definitely add that onto the list. It, it's such a, a good read. I'm glad you liked it. Mm. Yeah, I can't remember what author it was that read it, but anyway, uh, whoever it was did a, a good job, you know, in, in flux, flux, uh, not fluctuation, what's the word? Inflection. <laughs> yeah, inflection and uh, really getting into it. It was a fun read. I'm looking, wow, that was quite a while ago that I got that. Yeah, I listen to them at work. Um, the one that I have is narrated by Joss 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 Auckland. Joss Auckland. J O S S. So yeah, and it's almost four hours long, but it's really good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I binged it one day at work. I was like, oh my goodness, this is good. Yeah, and then you see yourself in that, and then you see yourself doing those things. Where, oh, you know, yeah. All right, well, it's been super fun studying President Nelson with y'all. I it's yeah. kind of sad to put it away, but lectures on faith as well. It's been such a rewarding, fun thing getting to really dive deep on on president nelson and, and his style and coordination and everything but yeah printable lectures on faith what was that do we have a printable have a printable for lectures on faith um i yes, there's one online somewhere i remember mm-hmm. yeah i could try to find one and, and include that, in that i remember i was asking a long time ago when katie was in institute I was looking for an actual book and they're like oh it's just free online so it should be pretty easy to find yeah I'll take a look and, and try to find one because actually if you have all of the text already ready to go it's easy to format it with wide margins or whatever you want to do you know that's just a couple quick clicks um but the thing with like president nelson's book you know it was transcribing all those missing audios and all that kind of stuff but um if if the text is somewhere out there online i can easily format it however we'd like to print it out study it kind of thing yeah wide margins would be great that way we could print it and and take notes and and you know you know me and my highlights and my tape flags (laughs) your pretty pens yes my pretty pens (laughs) <laughs> uh, I do have a few of them, don't I? I don't know. <laughs> Probably. Just could show us now. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> I love it. I love oh, that is just special. <laughs> yeah, she has the gift. Been a school teacher, okay? Just saying. <laughs> artist. Artist. I should have been an artist. At least that's what people tell me. <laughs> yeah 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 anyway all right folks yeah we'll see y'all next week for another fun episode <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeehaw. 
<laughs> Have a great week, everyone.